Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours. I'm JT, and today, volunteering, I'm not sure he would raise his hand if he knew he was going to do this part of the show, but it's my buddy Chris Mascaro from Atlanta. As a lot of you know, Chris has a show, a couple of shows. Um, Thursday night tailgate, and then next on the T. Next on the T will be firing up here in March, and um, we've already placed our bets on the Super Bowl, like that. So uh, I'm really thankful that Chris stuck around. Also, he's a motorcycle gang leader. Most people don't know that about you. <laughs> That's right, they don't. And if you looked at me, you probably wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I am. You can yeah. you can read all about it in uh, in uh, Keith Hirschland's book Song Girl. Yeah, that was my whole story. And Keith has promised me that I get my turn in the barrel coming I heard up that. in one of his next books. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little trepid. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what you are. Yeah. All the, you know, what what's the true Jeff yeah. Tracy like? What's the stuff yeah. we don't know? Yeah, uh, nothing. You know, you know absolutely everything about me. So, okay, <laughs> so are you ready for this, Chris? Uh, I guess so. Okay, if you could play golf, a round of golf, with one of your golfing heroes, who would it be? Jack Nicklaus. Okay. If you could get a lesson from one touring pro, who might that be? Ooh. Current touring pro. Current touring pro, Justin Mm -hmm. Thomas. You guys would just have too much fun. Yeah, we'd have fun. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's why I do it. Yeah. Laugh. Yeah. If uh, if I declared you supreme leader of golf for one day, what would you as supreme leader decree? Ooh. Let's see. Um, I'm a big one on the on the the you know, playing the ball in a divot in the fairway. I you know that's a free relief, free drop. Yeah, that, that, that one has bothered me forever. Yeah, that's kind of a. And then you want to go track down the guy that left the divot and smack him with the dirt because he didn't fill it in. So, right. Um, if we put your skills to music, Chris, what would the music be? Ooh, if you put my skills to music, you got I'd a lot of skills. Be, uh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I would say it's classic rock. <laughs> That's more than a golf clap, folks. That's more than a golf clap. Um, what? Is there a tough part of your job? I'm not talking about your day job. I'm talking about this job, the on-air stuff. Is there a tough part? I I don't think so. I I don't I don't look at it as tough now. I mean, is there a, a lot of commitment? I'm sure as you you could you could attest to. Yep. You know, I mean, 
when you're when you're interviewing guys like you know and the majority of the people that i talk to are the legends of the game on the lpga and the, and the pga tour right um and then the top instructors in the game and then good friends like you so it's i mean it's doing it's doing the research to to ask them not the same question they've been asked a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's only so many times you can ask Mark Kalkovecchia, what was it like to win the 1989 Open Championship, right? I mean, that's nice. Yeah. He's been asked that question a thousand times. So, you know, it's really kind of getting into, you know, some of the shots that he hits, you know, what, you know, things like that. We're getting more detailed than the surface questions. I don't know that that's harder. It just is. Ta- it takes more time to do the research, um, but you know, doing the research is to me half the fun of doing yeah, the show. Absolutely, I think you're right when you talk about commitment. Because, <clears throat> hey, I worked on FM and AM and television, <clears throat> and a lot of times, folks, if you if you're doing interview after interview after interview, which sometimes we did in a day, that hands you a piece of a little index card or something. And it had five talking points put out by the PR agency or whoever. And that same five talking points is given to every interviewer that that person, if they're promoting a book or there's a move, whatever the heck it is, those are the same ones. And I always refuse to use them. I, I like you, I did my own research and, and it, it actually paid off over the years in great interviews, I think, but also some friendships. No yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. If you could dine, Chris, with a historical figure, who would it be? And what would the menu consist of? Wow. Okay. Historical figure. That's a tough one for me, Jeff. Can be anybody. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I get, you know, it could be anybody, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm sort of in a golf frame of mind. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about, you know, old Tom Morris, you know, or some, somebody like that, you know, that where you could really sit down and, and, and learn about the origins of the game and, and, you know, golf course, agriculture and the agronomy and all of that sort of thing. Now, what would you put on the menu? I'm not sure what old Tom would be dining on, you know, something I'm guessing, you know, you try to think, you know, like what's, what's truly English or Scottish or haggis. Yeah, haggis That's... comes to mind, but I can't imagine myself choking that down. No, you know, it's evil. <laughs> may, maybe you know we could get a pint of Guinness, and that'd be great. Yeah, um, but I don't know what the what what I would put on a menu that I could actually eat. Maybe uh, do you know bangers and mash or something? There you go. You know, yeah. something simple like that. That yeah. that that is true. Uh, who did I? I don't remember who I. Uh, said this to maybe it was John Hawkins or something a couple of years ago, he was going over to cover the open. And I said, you know, don't bring me home any haggis. And he said, you never have to worry about that with me or <laughs> something, something about that. Yeah. Um, if, um, if you could erase one mistake from your past, Chris, oh. what would it be? Oh, that's so many, Jeff. So many. One mistake, boy. I'm trying to think through what, which, which one of the many big ones <laughs> would I, would I get rid of? I tell you, you know, I mean, I, I live here in Atlanta. Been here since '96. Got here right after uh, the Olympics were here. Um, but you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm born in Pittsburgh. I spend a, a lot of time in Boston. You know, would I, 
I, I'm a North guy and I'd like to be back in the North, but you know, one of the things that I always, you know, get, uh, you know, concerned about when you say stuff like that, Jeff, like, look, I'm, uh, I was married once before and and I have a wonderful second yeah. wife now. You know, when I say, well, you know, I would I would have never married the first one. Well, if I'd never married the first one, I wouldn't have the three children that I have. And right. so you erase all of that. Right. If I never moved from Pittsburgh or from Boston down here, you know, then I never would have met my second wife and all of that sort of thing. So I, I always try to think, you know, I, I you know, it's a wonderful life, right? If you didn't yep. do this one thing, how many yep. how much does that impact the other? So I don't regret anything that's that's happened, but you know, um, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I had a, had a, a great job. Uh, I worked for many years for the Coca-Cola company. It was a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, looked at some other opportunities that were probably more short-term than long-term probably wouldn't have, you know, if I could go back and, and undo one thing, I probably would have stayed there. Yeah. Well, it's a good company. Yeah. Been around forever. Right. Yeah, we, there's there's mistakes, but I just think it's all part of life. That's, That's right. Me. Um, speaking of that, what's one thing you miss about being in your twenties? Ooh, I I, well, I tell you, being pain free. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I am, I have a few months short of fifty eight, and I tell you, Jeff, you know one of the, one of the things that you know being doing a show with the NFL alumni and and the and the legends of the game and that sort of thing, right? You know. They talk about how as their careers went on, they had to really start to realize that, you know, 80% was their new 100%, you know, after right. things like, you know, multiple knee injuries and things like that, right? You had to really realize you were never going to be 100% again. So you had to start, you know, as as life went on, my my 70% is new 100 and all of that. So, yeah, if, if I'm missing anything from my 20s as I used to be able to be 100%, and now I think I'm down to about 65, 60% is my new 100 yeah, I think you're right. You know, uh, there was a tournament up here, uh, a benefit tournament, uh, Caddies for a Cure, and they had it yes. a- around the country. And my buddy Steve and I, he's a professional photographer, and he lets me tag along with a camera to make it people think I know what I'm doing. And uh, what was really interesting, Chris, is like, uh, Bo Jackson was there and Moses Malone was there and, you know, I could go down the list, but the point is when you watch those guys get out of their golf cart to walk over, they didn't walk. They kind of got as close to their, the ball as they could without, you know, impairing their swing or anything. Um, they had a, and we were kind of at like at the eighth hole just before they hit their, on uh, the ninth hole shot. And these guys couldn't walk 50 feet yeah. and I, it was just painful to watch them, you know, and yeah. these were some of the all time greats and in their respective sports. And it's like, how, how in the heck do you even get out of bed in the morning like that? It's yeah. Tough. And yeah. And, and we talked to a lot of guys that are that way. And, you know, some guys, um, we had, we had, you know, Eric Dickerson came on our show uh, a few years ago. And Eric was sleeping in a lazy boy uh, recliner because his shoulders hurt so badly that sleeping in a bed and rolling on from side to side was too painful. So he was sleeping in a recliner. I mean, we we hear stories, you know, very similar to that, you know, Mm -hmm. all the time uh, about what life is like for a lot of these guys, you know, nowadays it's, it is hard to watch and it's, it's heartbreaking to hear some of their stories. Yeah, it is. I had a uh, 
uh, trying to think of his name. He was a he was a player for uh, Portland Trailblazers for a number of years, and he retired. And uh, you know, right under seven feet, six nine and a half type thing guy, and he was playing in a, a tournament like that, and somebody said. He wanted some ribs and and nobody could do it. And I said, Michael, I'll make you some ribs. And so I did. I And he told me where his office was. He's an insurance guy. Now I took him there and we got to talking one day, Chris. And, and he said, well, I, I made it into the office today. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I, I had an episode again yesterday. I said, well, I don't, I don't know you that well, Michael. What are you talking about? Michael Harper is his name, folks. He was mowing his lawn and down he went. Wow. And there was some sort of issue with his heart and pumping. He didn't have a heart attack. It was just something that happened. And he said, well, you know, a lot of us big, tall guys have these heart problems from running like we did in basketball, up and down, up and down, up and down, and all the training and stuff. And he said, you know, that's why the really, really tall guys don't make it 20 years in the league. He said, because their their heart just can't do it. And I never do that. But he, yeah. he was just like, well, it's just a fact, you know. So I haven't talked to him in a long time, but that really kind of spooked me. Okay, back to the fun stuff. Um, Chris, what do you think, if there is any that you think, biggest changes that should be made to pro golf and then amateur golf as far as the actual competition? Not not hitting in a divot, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, in pro golf, I, you know, I, I think one of the things that I would like to see is I, I enjoy match play. We get, we get it every, you know, once in a while on, on tour. And then obviously we get it in a president's cup or a Ryder cup, right. but, uh, you know, I'd like to see more match play. I'd like this, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, live is doing right. Um, I like, I like sort of the, the concept of, of teams and putting guys in teams and, in making it, you know, not just about me and me get me against you, but, you know, doing more team sort of events. So I, I like that. I'd like to see more, more of that. And you know, in same in, in amateur sports, uh, amateur golf, um, you know, we, we get the Walker cup and we get a, you know, a couple other things, the sure. Palmer cup and things like that. But I like to see those guys, you know, play a little bit more and match playing and play in, play in, in, in sort of team camaraderie. We don't, we don't get that. Right. I mean, that's what, Football, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, all that stuff is is team oriented. Golf is such an individual sport. Um, I like to see them, you know, play particularly at the amateur level, play more team events because I just think you learn a lot yes. about yourself and and you know, yeah, you playing in a team thing is is stuff that you can take into later in life if you're not on the PGA tour. Do you think the uh the new Tiger Rory deal is gonna have some effect on that a little bit? It could, it could. I'm interested to, you know, to learn all of the details about it. Um, you know, I, I, I see that more as a technology play and right. sort of the, you know, top golf kind of thing. Right. Um, but you know, those, those kinds of things help us grow the game. Right. I mean, that's, sure. it doesn't count as, you know, played rounds, but it does, you know, get golf clubs in, into people's hands. And, uh, the more often we can do that, the better it is. You remember the first time you picked up a club? I do. Uh, well, I mean, I remember, you know, the first time getting out there and playing, I was, you know, 12 years old. I mean, I, you know, my, my dad had, you know, clubs sitting around the garage and, you know, I'd take them out in the backyard and, in the house with the little, you know, white, uh, kind of wiffle ball yeah, yeah. golf balls. And, uh, you know, my friends and I, we'd, 
we'd play a little bit of golf, if you will, around the house, you know, you hit, hit it over the house hit it around the house and, you know, all that sort of thing with, with, the, with the plastic golf balls. But I remember, uh, I still, I still remember the first par I ever made on a par three, I hit a, hit a shot and it, you know, came up a, a little bit short, just in the fringe and, uh, you know, putted it up to a, to a tap in and made my first par ever. I was 12 years old. Uh, yeah, I, that, that stuck with me. I still remember that first time. So you guys needed birdie balls. When yeah. you were, uh, it, that would have been, they go, you know, they go 40 yards. So they're good. Anyway, um, couple of fun things. What's the worst concert you ever attended? And then the worst and then the best you can flip them around the order. Yeah, I, I think care. I got to flip around. I mean, I, I'm a huge journey fan. So, I mean, I, you know, I saw them, you know, way back in the, in the early eighties when Steve Perry was still there. And yep. uh, so that, that, sticks to me as my favorite concert i've seen those guys a, a couple dozen times uh but yeah they're my favorite the worst concert i've ever seen i i gotta you know i i don't know i i, I can't say that i've been to a really i'll tell you uh i'll tell you this story i mean i'm also a big pink floyd fan and and yep. back back in the 80s when they were still touring i mean the, the show was was fantastic and unfortunately i was in orlando at the time and it was in a driving rainstorm and the show went on rain or shine and it was pouring buckets and, you know, we were sitting out there in the middle of the, what used to be the Tangerine Bowl. I, I don't know what they've named their stadium there is now, but um, out there in the driving rain, you know, for two plus hours and soaked to the bone and all of that sort of thing. It was a, was a tough experience, but we were not leaving the Pink Floyd concert. No, 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 no. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I told you these were kind of abstract. They really are. What animal would I be? Uh, well, I'd like to think that that I would be a tiger. Um, you know, I I am pretty patient, and uh, you know, when I get when I get focused on something, I go right to it. Um, I don't shy away from things. So I guess I would like to think I'm a tiger. There my wife would. My wife would tell you something different. I'm sure. As long as she didn't say like sloth or something, you'd probably be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite movie, Chris? Oh, I got a lot of them, Jeff. Um, You know, movies that I've seen a ton of times, you know, the Godfather series. Yes. Yes. yes, You know, um, you know, I've seen, you know, all the Rockies except five a bunch of times. Eddie and the Cruisers, my good friend, Matthew Lawrence who has uh, come on my show several times. He's got his own great show, Backspin Golf, on Sunday mornings. Um, uh, Eddie and the Cruises, I've seen a million times. Vision Quest with Matthew Modine, I've seen that uh, you know a million times. So I, I would say the, those are you know probably my top four movies that I have seen uh, at least a couple of dozen times each. So I got to ask you this. I'm a big Godfather fan. Yes. I always, I always called it, it was like going to... Um... Uh, getting your master's in business, watching the. <laughs> so, so, it should have counted. It should have counted. Yeah. But yes. did you like one, two or three? What was the order you liked them? Uh, I would say the order I liked them is two, one, three. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. a big two fan. I I was a little different. I was one probably just because it made from a cinematic aspects one made such a huge impact on me because no I, doubt you know messing around in that business for a long time and so that and then i was kind of 
I think the biggest line that besides, you know, Luca Brazzi swims with the fishes was in, in three when Michael says, every time I think I'm out, they just pull me back in. And I yes. thought, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yep. Oh, and I can't forget Caddyshack because that's my all-time oh, favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, sweatshirts or formal wear? Sweatshirts. Okay. Most everybody says that. Once in a while, somebody says, well, I like putting on that tux. It's like, yeah, I wore them for years. I don't like them <laughs> anymore. Um, this one will get you. What would be your last meal on death row? Oh, I'm yeah, as an Italian... Yeah, I would, you know, I'm an eggplant parmesan guy. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, spaghetti meatballs, eggplant parm, lasagna. And, you know, I could go on, you know, all the classics. Yeah. What would you have for dessert with your cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> you get you gotta have a cannoli, right? You know? There you go. Get leave the gun, bring leave the cannoli. Leave the gun, yeah, that's right. <laughs> leave the that's cannoli. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, here's your here's your chance. Uh-oh. Um what would your message to the world be? I tell I know, you what, I know what your message is every Sunday morning, and I really appreciate those. And I look forward to them. But what's your message today? Uh, my my message today. One of the things, um, the first job, the first real job I had coming out of college, I got to work for for GE Appliances, and uh, I was an, an analyst, and I got to sit between our CEO and our CFO, and. And um, our CEO brought me in his office uh, on the first day. And, you know, my, my job was going to be doing a lot of reports and trend analysis and stuff like that. And one of the things he said to me is, Chris, don't ever get cipher fright. And I said, like, cipher fright, what does that mean? He's like, don't ever be afraid of anybody who has more zeros in their paycheck than you do. He's like, because if you get intimidated by, you know, VPs and EVPs and all that sort of yep. stuff, they're just going to run over you and they're yep. not going to respect you. So, you know, don't ever let the fact that someone's got a better title or more zeros in their paycheck um, make you nervous. And I think that's good advice. Yeah, it was solid advice, something I've lived by ever since. Yeah, good for you. Chris Muscaro, uh, next on the T, Thursday Night Tailgate. Um, great shows. I've listened to both of them. I've been a guest on, uh, uh, next on the T, and I want to thank you for that. That was a lot of fun. Yes, and, and we'll do it again. We will do it again at some point, but I appreciate you. Thanks for the report also on the uh, PGA show. That was great. Glad to do it anytime. I'm always you, here for you, my friend. You got it. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. We're going to be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Until then, like we say in the other show, go out, play some golf, and be kind. Take care, everybody. <laughs>